Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at His table. Our earthly needs will always return. In this episode, Padre Andrew shows us that we can trust God to know our real needs. Quite a few years ago, I went to Gallipoli Peninsula. So when I was still in the bands, I went to Gallipoli to do Anzac Day, which was quite amazing. We had a bit of a tour through Constantinople and then saw the site where our Anzac forefathers landed. And there's a big memorial there. That's where we did the actual dawn service on Anzac Day. It was quite amazing. If you ever have a chance to go there, don't go on Anzac Day because there's thousands of tourists akin to our gospel reading this morning. And so there we were with the waves coming in. It's quiet. Everything's peaceful. But the two-minute silence. And in the distance you could hear, Kebab! Kebab! You want kebab? Kebab! The vendors were still selling kebabs. This is a dawn in the morning. So we'll get to that in a moment. Just keep that in your back pockets. So this morning, I'd like to talk about things that move Jesus' heart or the heart of Jesus. His sympathy for the widow who lost her son. His frustration with the religious leaders and their ingratitude and spiritual inflexibility. His anger at the money changers and their exploitation, preventing people from meeting God in the temple. In these instances, even when Jesus is moved to anger, Jesus still evidences compassion. Jesus never displays anger alone. There's always kindness too. And his compassion for the multitudes when he fed these 5,000 people. So we'll look at our gospel reading this morning the feeding of the 5,000. This is the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. Along with a similar incident, the feeding of the 4,000, there are six references in the Gospels of this type. Matthew, Mark and Luke record the event as much the same. They're much the same narrative. John, as usual, adds a few details with different perspective on the event. John records the conversation with Philip where he says, but it will cost 2,000 days wages to buy sufficient bread to feed all these people. John also records that it was Andrew who found the little boy with the lunch and brought him to Jesus, so the bread and the fish. Obviously, this incident significantly impacted the people of the time, but it also had considerable meaning to the early church. However, let's focus on the description provided by Matthew because it's Matthew who describes best the heart of Jesus. So here's the story so far, and we heard a little bit of this this morning. In the Gospel, we heard that after he heard this news, what news did he hear? Well, he heard that John the Baptist had just been executed. That was in Matthew 14.12, so just a verse before. And he wanted to retreat to a deserted place to pray and probably grieve. He wanted this time to mourn and rest, like we all would. However, the people following him 
could see where his boat was heading and hurried around to meet him. Jesus saw the crowd, perhaps 10,000 or more in total, 5,000 men plus women plus children plus their entourages. Jesus realised that these people had walked all the way around the lake to follow him and he knew they were weary. Some may have even been ill and we heard that in our gospel this morning too, that some were healed. And so despite his personal grief, he set aside his needs and began ministering to the people. The text says he was moved with compassion. And after some time, the people became hangry. That's a combination of angry and hungry at the same time. So yes, I wanted to put that in there, that word. (laughs) He realised there was no food locally. There was no kebab vendors. So the disciples concluded the people must be sent away. But Jesus did not want to send anyone away. He says to the disciples, you feed them. The disciples obviously object because they have no resources to feed so many people. As we heard that Peter said, yeah, where are we going to get all this food from? It's going to cost us too much money. And in today's economy, 10,000 people with a simple lunch would cost upwards of $25,000. Where are they going to get this from? But Jesus has a plan. Jesus instructs them to sit down in groups of 50. This was very wise. It helped them to organise and administrate the food distribution. Imagine the pushing and shoving, the inevitable missed people that would occur if he hadn't organised all the people and his helpers. So after blessing the food, Jesus passes it out to the disciples, who in turn pass it out to someone within each group, who then passes it on to the others. Two loaves becomes 12, becomes 200, and then becomes 10,000. And after everyone has eaten, the disciples collect 12 baskets, as we heard this morning, 12 baskets of leftover bread. Now, there are various interpretations of the meaning of this story. The miracle is a statement of the spiritual power of Jesus. There are some similar incidents in the Old Testament in 2 Kings where Elisha multiplies bread to feed a 100 prophets. There's another interpretation. The the miracle is a statement of the messianic claim of Jesus. We can see that this miracle parallels the Old Testament miracle of the manna in the wilderness. The Jews recognised the symbolism and similarity and realised the implications that Jesus was the Messiah. Unfortunately, they didn't know what type of Messiah he was. They thought they would make him a political messiah rather than a spiritual one. Another interpretation, the miracle is prophetic about the institution of communion. The bread and fish were common symbols of communion in the early church artwork. And the miracle is a statement about the ability of Jesus to satisfy human needs. All of these are true, rich messages worthy of our contemplation. However, most of these interpretations focus on the meaning of the bread or a prophetic fulfilment of an Old Testament passage. These messages do not go necessarily to the heart of Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We should not miss the fact that this miracle is a window into the heart of Jesus. 
It's mainly found in the compassion of Jesus and his compassion to the disciples to meet the people's needs. We see the heart of Jesus is to meet needs. Now Jesus is grieving for the loss of John the Baptist and he's weary. He's travelled to an out-of-the-way place so he can find some solitude. Hopefully it's a place no one will put any demands on him. Here's a situation, though, where Jesus could legitimately say, folks, I'm tired, right? I'm really not in the mood. I'd love to preach to you, and I'll be glad to pray for your sickness, but can we do that tomorrow? Please let me have some private time. You can imagine Jesus saying that? No, we can't. Of course not, because Jesus wouldn't send anyone away. Jesus doesn't turn people away. And he won't turn us away either. Not every request is met in the same way that we think it should be. The lame man was brought to Jesus and he said, your sins are forgiven. The beggar asked for money and Peter said, I don't have money, but what I do have, I will give to you. We will just have to trust that God knows our real needs better than what we do. Jesus can meet our needs that the world never can. The world can meet our needs, but then they come back. Hunger, thirst, loneliness, they all come back. But Jesus transforms those needs. He gives living bread and living water. Our gospel shows how eager Jesus was to involve his disciples. And we see that in several aspects. His command is empathetic. You give them something to eat. We suppose that Jesus had to solicit their help in leading the people to sit down into groups. But Jesus involved each one in the distribution. He gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. No one had to feed the entire crowd, just 10 groups or so. No one was left standing around doing nothing we see that each disciple had a miracle taking place within their own hands. Isn't that interesting? You think about that. They had 12 baskets left over. Judas didn't have to run over to Peter and say, my group doesn't have enough bread, can I have some of yours? Each disciple had sufficient supply to meet the need of their group. And Jesus wants us to meet the needs of others as well. Of course, we can do exactly what the disciples did if we think in terms of our resources. If we feel that we don't have enough, we will turn our backs on the needs of others. And when we learn that God can use us to meet the needs of others, the disciples didn't multiply the bread, but Jesus did. So if we multiply our own stuff that we've got, we can give that to others as well. Jesus can do that with us too. We don't have to meet every need. Jesus didn't meet every need. There were many people who were not healed. There are many poor people who weren't there who didn't receive the bread. But Jesus can work through us to minister to people that come into our lives. And he will be by our sides every step of the way when we do that. Amen.
If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.